play some intro music. All right, cheers. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to this app. As always, it's Dave Neal, Tasha Cordy, and Liz Duranya. Welcome. Well, how are you? <laughs> Thank you well, for having me. Welcome to the roof. Uh, we are speaking with um, Alpha Fee's social chair. Am I correct? <laughs> yeah, you're is right. That, I wanted to show Tasha this, but I wanted to show her on air first. This is social chair from uh, a friendly sorority of, wow. my, of my fraternity. This photo, have you seen this? This photo is- That looks oh, very wow, 2005. <laughs> I went, uh, this is about 2005, yeah. yeah. That was like, that's the right outfit. Right. I think we graduated in 07. I think that was the case, right? 07 graduated. Yeah. So that yeah, age, that ages us. We, we, um, <laughs> I was looking for photos from themed parties, but you must have untagged yourself from them. Probably. Because there's a button on Facebook. <laughs> Probably not appropriate to have on the internet. <laughs> it, you know, the, the one I was looking for was like a, I was wearing like all pink. It was like an 80s theme party, but you had frizzly hair. It's gone. It's out. Those days <laughs> are over. It exists somewhere. It would just take a little bit of sleuthing to find it, I bet. Now you might You're be. You're unfortunately probably right. <laughs> I looked a little bit and I was like, I, this photo is the best I'll find. This is, they're all the same with just different hairstyles. I feel like a, the, the mixers used to be, I call them mixers. Like how old am I? It was just. Just like um, you, th you find a theme and it'd give you a reason to drink to that themes, you know, whatever the, you know, sangria is or whatever the thing was. But Tasha wasn't in a sorority. I think she would have killed it in your sorority. Yeah, I think so, too. I think no, you I, I didn't do the Greek life. There. I kind of feel like I missed out a little bit. But like, what are you going to do? Would you have recruited her? Yes. Because <laughs> but you guys were you guys were all blondes, though. Would that have been a problem? No, we were not. You weren't all blondes? <laughs> no. I'll get some highlights. Jill Vanini. <laughs> She just needs the one dark, brunette. Dark yeah, yeah, you need one Italian. Giovanni, she was Italian. We let we let her slide. We filled our quota. Um, yeah, it's funny because when you're not in Greek life, it's hard to explain because I feel like the the stigma is so ridiculous. But it's just a house of people living together for the most part. I mean, right? Do you look back on it fondly, or do you look back at on it like what were we thinking? No, I'm very fond of the time that I was in a sorority. And honestly, I joined one because I got ripped off freshman year and I got placed in an upperclassman dorm with these suites. And so I didn't have any friends. And by the time second semester rolled around, I was like, I need some friends. I guess I'm going to go rush and go do a sorority and so that's kind of what got me there i never did fall rush i just went spring and went you went spring all in you went spring freshman year yeah i think i went spring freshman year i got cut from baseball we're both losers okay? <laughs> exactly. we, have, we have nothing better to do and the whole thing they say with greek life like oh i don't need to buy my friends well i did i bought some friends no, so did i <laughs> you know it was actually the governing uh body of greek life is interesting because you pay dues every so every um semester right but you're paying for like socialized partying you're paying for like certain things like rush events where all that money goes to like you know some mixer somewhere or some theme party or the cheesy formal t-shirts cheesy st so many stupid t-shirts i only have one left tasha never sees me wear it but um yeah you just bought you like so the money does go to you know help each other out i guess scholarships are here and there i don't know but um I haven't thought of it in a long time. I have like three friends I still talk to from the fraternity. Do you, do you keep in touch with your alpha fees? Um, a few of them, yeah. Uh, 
I definitely have like that basic group of friends that I talk to all the time. And then I have kind of like the outer ring I talk to occasionally. And then kind of like a third ring that's like maybe like once a year, like, hey, what's up? (laughs) Yeah, that's what it comes down to is like, do I see you on Facebook? But I I don't get invited to half of my fraternity's guys' weddings. And I don't even want to go, but I I see them all at the, and I think it's because I live on the West Coast, but I see them all at the weddings together. I finally- Honey, weddings are expensive. Like I said, I don't want to go, but I would like the courtesy of an invite, you know? But I feel like- But you would not say no. If they invited you? Well, it, dep- it depends where it is and all that. But, like, we just went to Whitey. You know, remember Whitey? Big Whitey? He's, he was our big, big football player, big calf muscles. He was our one strong guy. And <laughs> we like, if ever shit went down, we'd be like, Whitey, please help us. Um, I just went to his wedding in Rhode Island. But we don't really – yeah, we haven't – you haven't been to – that was the first time you got to meet, like, fraternity brothers. Yeah. Yeah, how was that? It was fine. They all seemed like nice guys. Yeah, we got our, we got our acts together. I feel like I'm behind though. You're on your second pregnancy. Yeah. You know you're you're. I'm eight months pregnant, and uh, just kind of flew by. <laughs> That's kind well, of especially happened. during the pandemic. Like, what a perfect time to be pregnant. Yeah. Although the first reaction from most of my friends is, "Wait, you've been sober so far?" <laughs> this whole thing. How? Yeah. How would? How does it differ being pregnant during a pandemic from your first pregnancy? Um. Honestly. Besides just being a little bit more paranoid than I probably would be about going out in public, um, it's uh, more of the fact that my husband can't come to my uh, delivery. Wait, he well, can no, he be in the delivery room? He can come to the delivery room. Okay. He's not allowed to leave once he's there, which is also unfortunate because with my first one, he left like to go get days. food. Oh, okay. And come back. Um, he went to go to the grocery store, get eggs and milk because we were gone the weekend before. So, you know, and then he, he was like, oh, we're bringing a baby home. We should probably make sure that, you know, everything's set up because we were not ready. And, you didn't have uh, your go bag? You didn't have all that ready? Well, I had that, but, um, you know, we needed to, like, make sure the cradle was together properly yeah there's stuff you don't think about <laughs> until like all of a sudden there's a small human in the room like i don't know but making sure no corners like they can't bump their head on a corner or like all the yeah. outlets have plugs in them and, i like, know that dressers so aren't gonna things. tip over like. i'm gonna be the guy like my go bag's gonna have a gopro in it with extra batteries i'm gonna be like ready to go with you know uh, is this, you know uh, lavalier microphones i don't really know what what happens in the delivery room i'm gonna be mic'd up <laughs> a close-up yeah, shot on my vagine giving birth. <laughs> we were we were talking before before air that Tasha. The reason she's not drinking is because of her Lyme disease, and everyone who listens to the podcast knows the story. But um, she's I, we I got her an infrared blanket, which is um, have you seen these things? It's like a giant. No. It's like a giant burrito. It's like it's like the same material. If you went to the dentist and got that lead kind of plastic thing put on in front of you. Yep. So you get inside of that, plug it in, and you can set the time. You can set the time in the temperature and it'll get your it'll heat you up in the burrito and it's an infrared therapy did i explain yeah, it right you, you did a pretty good infrared sauna yeah um they they have like little spas and stuff you can go to around here there's one called shape house that i know they have in new york and a few locations here in la where like you can go and pay to like get strapped into a burrito and sweat it out and watch tv and it's a lot of that fun sounds really awesome. and i was going to that a lot and spending a quite a bit of money doing that. So Dave just bought me for last Christmas a uh, infrared burrito. But, problem, but what was the point of your the, story? The, well, I'll get fiance. to it, Tasha. <laughs> the problem with it is, is that you get her in this burrito, 
She's sweating. You got to wear like a white uh, pajamas. You got to wear like cotton or something. Yeah, you want to wear like an all cotton outfit. I don't know why. That's you're just gonna what sweat they say. And it lot. like absorbs all of your huh. toxins or something. Yeah, but do you get so hot that it's like uncomfortable, you know, and it's just. Well, so hold on. This is this is my point. I just I just got some pumpkin uh, cider on me, Tasha. I just spilled, but th- there's your pumpkin. Your thank you. Your alcohol-free pumpkin cider. Thank um, you. But um, the second she gets wrapped up in this Velcro Vel- Velcro burrito, she starts bossing me around to get her water and do this and do that. And so in my head, I'm going, "What is this monster going to be like when she's pregnant? What is she going <laughs> to be asking? Like, have you found? Is there like what's the husband's duties?" You know, are you are you up at night? Do you need them? Are, are you requiring like pickles and you know weird cravings? You know, um, I in particular didn't have any like weird cravings. I have heard stories from friends who have, so I was pretty good there. But I will say the hormones are a bitch. Can I say bitch on there? You, you can, can say, say whatever bitch. you want. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I feel bad for my husband sometimes because there's like a hormonal rage that comes out for no reason. Um, and, uh, and then you just have pregnancy brain, which is a real thing and hormones in that just yesterday, I had a flat out breakdown at my desk. I was working and I just got off a call and I went to go do the, whatever I said I was going to do on the call. And I all of a sudden couldn't remember what that was. And I just lost it. And you like find yourself walking around the house and being like, I don't know why I came into this room. I came in here for something. I feel like that's already a massive problem for me. So I don't know what sort of jellyfish I'm going to be as a pregnant person. Is it just me or do women come up with terms to justify their moods? Because there's such thing called lime rage, and and it's like now Tasha's upset. Lime so rage. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like uh, probably something similar in the sense that it like you you can have a shorter fuse, right? Or well, like irritability. I don't know what like what about the hormones causes people to feel like extreme sadness and extreme rage, but like obviously like these things are we're complicated people all people not just women and so i don't know if one thing is like out of balance in your body i'm sure that it triggers like other parts of you yeah i don't i don't know so how does pregnancy brain relate to baby brain because i've heard of baby brain where you're like when you have a kid like my my sister i don't know if you know chase she was in std no sdt i always fuck that up (laughs) s sigma delta ta which was one yeah, not S- SDT. I don't know Chase personally, but I know I've met her like a couple you of times. You met her, right. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. you met her Christmas caroling. Yes. That was the other Christmas photo I have. I know I've talked, right. I know I've told Tasha about this before, but I always liked to put together fun events as, as Lambda's social chair. And we did Christmas caroling. And I don't, and we only did it one year. We did like peppermint schnapps and like hot chocolate and maybe like spiced rum cider or something. Yeah, I was going to say it was not sober caroling. That's for no, sure. No, no, not at all. And I did not hit many notes. <laughs> Very yes. off key. Yeah. Drunken Jingle screaming. Bells. Probably not a good idea for like a group of 30 of us to be knocking on professor's door. Oh, you're saying yeah. My, uh, yeah, my, Wasted. <laughs> my fraternity was like on the edge of professor row where all the nice professors lived in their quaint New England homes. But I do remember, I don't, I don't know if you remember this, we knocked on someone's door, sang the carol, and then this lady was like, like, and just so you know, there's always trash out. And if and like she started reaming us out <laughs> and then we're like, go to the second one. Follow. La, 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 la. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, this lady's miserable. But I can understand if you live on yeah, the street. She's like, you showed up at my door. Now I'm going to tell you to pick up after yourself. Because you we're, not, we're, not, we're not messy, but we live a quarter mile from campus. So the people or the, the people, the college students will walk to our 
house to party and then walk back, probably peeing and barfing on their way home. <laughs> like you just real, just who knows what's going on? They're 18, right? So like God knows these professors have put up with some shit, but that hey, that's a far walk. Cause I remember there were those nights at Alpha Phi that we were like, Lambda's having a party. Should we go? And it's like, ugh, it's really far. But <laughs> it's the walk, be yeah, like ten minutes. <laughs> the walk back, yeah, seriously, it's like nothing compared. <laughs> but it, we were on the top of the hill, so you had to be a brave, a fit soul to make it up the hill. But um, what the, what was the point of me bringing up Christmas caroling? There, oh, yeah, I don't even know. Oh, I was talking oh, about Chase. About, so, yeah. so Chase is was in a, a sorority, and she's my uh, Irish twin. She's eleven months older than me, but we have just different lives. Like we're completely different. She's got four kids now, and I swear she's not as smart. She's just in kid mode i call her and i don't know you've you've got all you've got only one human child at this point but i call her and immediately she's like hey dave how's it going connor get your sister out of here stop punching and she just starts yelling at the, the kids are running around like a dirt ball of mess and tasha has seen it i mean it's it's really comical but i think you have it's to sort of like there's like a cartoon with like a tornado, right? Tasmanian devil. Yeah. It's like the, it's just like always there's like Tasmanian devils like spinning around. And then the next time, and then she'll call me the next time, and she'll be like, "I'm in the car by myself, <laughs> doing shopping." She's like excited to go shopping just by herself. I'm like, this sounds tough. This sounds like a real hassle. But how has life changed since you've had a child? Yeah. Um, well, baby brain is literally just that like you're all of a sudden like all of your mental energy goes to making sure that the kid is like fed okay and bathed and is in his bed on time and all of these things that i never thought that i would do after having a kid like be anal about bedtimes or like you know be like well a kid's gotta eat only organic <laughs> now i'm like that mom <laughs> totally that mom and uh because number one about bedtimes it really makes a difference if you have a schedule with your kid they sleep better and so there's less of a chance of them waking up at like three in the morning bugging you or being very cranky and crying exactly. and being a pain in the butt liz we need you to be our mother because can we you don't... call us and tell us it's bedtime <laughs> we're out there it's midnight or one a.m. We're watching Cobra Kai, and I let's go, do another one. And then the episode ends, and we look at each other, and we go, "Oh, it's one of those nights." <laughs> and, we, and the next thing you know, it's like we're we're like, "Where do we fall asleep?" The up, you know, it's seven episodes later. The you know, the karate tournament's happening. We don't know what's going on, but um, yeah, no, that must be. Uh, there must be something that happens when you have children that you have to become a a better functioning human for them. Yeah, I absolutely think so. And on top of that, like, you're so tired. Like, my bedtime is now 10 o'clock. <laughs> what time are you waking up with them? Uh, around 6. six. So I'm still getting that 8 hours in because I need that 8 hours of sleep. But uh, but it's amazing, too, of just how quickly you're like, oh, it's 9 o'clock. I'm going to bed. Bye, guys. And that's it. Now, you have you have a boy, and you're having, well, do you know the Having gen another boy. You have another boy. All yeah. right, so, there, so no, that's going to be a lot of boys fighting, I feel like, right? Oh, probably. Boys. They, <laughs> Boys like they, to fight, right? They, they so try. girls, though. Do they? I don't know. I have two sisters. We used to fight all the time. I don't think when we were little, little, we would beat up on each other. But around middle school age, we definitely started beating up on each other and fighting about, that's my shirt. You know, like, yeah. Now, where were you the in, the, in the hierarchy of siblings? I am the middle child. The middle child? I think the middle child, I, I, I would consider myself the younger child, but then my mom remarried and had had more boys but i was still i had already kind of like become taking the role of the younger child but i feel like the oldest child like tasha's the oldest i feel like that's the hardest they put a lot of pressure on you like does your older sibling have any traits that are like um 
of somebody that it, you know like the older sibling traits where they were kind of looked after extra hard they were you know overly mothered um you know i don't know if it's a result of her being the oldest or if it's just her personality but she's definitely like way more responsible than me for example like always was kind of like more doing the right thing and not that I'm a bad person or anything like that but it was I was looked at as like the rebel child by my parents just because I don't know I wanted to go out more with my friends or you know go out to clubs or you know whatever it is that you do in high school which um, I was a lot better than a lot of my friends at what I was you know doing when I was in high school but um but I also, I have to say, in, in um, standing up for the middle child, I was always compared to my older sister and my always got, why can't you be more like Joanna? <laughs> like always. And it was yeah. like, God, because I'm I, not her. I tell you what, my young, my, so my, so Chase has three boys and, and then a girl, but the youngest boy is the strongest child I've ever seen because he's fighting boys triple his size like the the younger and middle children really do probably grow up faster because they they have to keep up you know yeah my uh, uh my brother-in-law and sister-in-law have three and the youngest one like totally fends for herself she's about 18 months old and like she will push you out of the way if that's what's standing in the way of something but she's yeah. learned it's like you learn how to fend for yourself when you need to and it's interesting now seeing that in these little kids because when you're that age you don't think about it now i heard that i heard that no matter what you try to do to make your kid smart their iq is pretty much set in stone have you heard that like like you can you can set them up to succeed I yeah, there's a, a podcast I listen to called uh, The Comedy Cellar. It's the uh, it's the world famous Comedy Cellar comedy club in New York City, and the owner is a very smart man, but he's obsessed with intellect, and he and he's always trying to get his kid, his child to be as smart as could be. He's, you know, he's like a neurotic Jewish guy, so he's just like all he just all he hears about IQ. But the studies show that your kid's gonna really be who they're gonna be. Now, I think you can probably instill a work ethic into them, like teach them. We're Tasha and I were talking about this yesterday. How our both of our 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 moms are kind of like you know I don't want to say hands off but like would they have been a mom if they had other choices you just look back and you go do our moms even love us like they do love us but I always said about my mom as a single mom she kind of couldn't always be there so it forced me to always want to impress her so my work ethic is like probably too like I'm too um ambitious with certain things and I just kind of wish I had the the, the thing my other brothers have, which is like, hey, it'll all work out. It's fine. You know, we're working for the family. For me, it's like, I need to fucking prove to, like, it's always about proving to them that I can do it, which probably isn't healthy, but I think it, it evolutionary kind of keeps you, I don't know. What do you think, Tasha? No, I think you're on to something. I think maybe that, like, IQ or aptitude, you know, there's probably a genetic factor to that, and you just, you're going to be what you're going to be. But absolutely, if you're teaching a child, like, proper study habits, discipline, um, to be self-motivated, like, those are the things that really matter. I know, um, like, so many people who are brilliant but lazy, you know, like totally. to very, very smart, but not necessarily hardworking. I personally, that was kind of an issue for me in college because I think I, I always did well in school and I didn't have to try very hard. I didn't have to study. I didn't have to plan out study times. I didn't have to study for tests. And so when I got to college and they just are kind of like hands off with like, 
oh, read this chapter if you want, but you you know, you're not like get, getting tested along the way. I yep. was just not very self-motivated at like, or, or disciplined in setting my own study schedule. So I struggled a little bit transitioning from like having, not having to study to sort of needing to put in some work. Yeah, I concur. That was totally me too. So you were smart. You just kind of cr cruise control. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, elementary school especially was like a breeze. I remember always like being uh, like competing against the clock because it wasn't an issue for me to get things correct. It was like a matter of like, can I get them done first before anyone else? <laughs> yeah, you want to be the first and one to turn in your correct. paper. <laughs> But then as the years went on, it became much harder because just like you said, I didn't have that self-discipline because I feel like it kind of came too easy in the beginning. And then when it actually got difficult and challenging, I couldn't hang at all. But isn't <laughs> so. it interesting how we, you know, you're taught to do well in school and, and it's very, it's a very specific structured thing they want you to do well in where like now, right, I... I went to school for you know business marketing, right? You you and you you have you you were you were we went to business school together. We were in what's this? What's I was this? a journalism major. Oh, you're journalism. There you go. That's yeah. but that's actually probably better than business because you actually can learn how to. Well, what's interesting though is that I now do business marketing. So. Oh, there you go. Well, <laughs> anyway, well, yeah. The, the whole business the whole business program was kind of like people who didn't know what the hell they wanted to do with their lives. So like we're just sitting in these executive chairs, just kind of it it was the easiest degree ever. I mean, I really coasted to like a three point five, like. Barely, you know, whatever. But the point is, is that now I'm doing like more more writing and production and different things that I enjoy. And the energy I can expend doing things I love is so much better than, say, like what I was learning in stats class or whatever. So it's really just about finding something you can excel at and that you enjoy doing. And like that's your thing. But yet somehow we have a hard time, at least in our country, I think, kind of valuing our creative side or, or, you know, we're, we're so stuck on a nine to five. Now you married, um, you, you you guys were living in Europe for a little bit. So have you noticed the, the change of lifestyle different there than here? Yeah. I mean, um, the biggest thing is that, uh, people are happier having a lot less and there's way more of like the husband works and the wife stays home, like kind of traditional thing going on. Um, and instead of, you know, relying on two incomes, um, they, you know, will build an apartment upstairs at their parents' house and they will like just not buy things because <laughs> they would rather have a more fulfilled family life and spend time with their family instead of going to work. And that's not to say everybody, because I also do have friends um, who went back to work after having their children, but it's also a much different scenario over there because not only um, can you take leave if you're pregnant, you can also, you get a year off after you have the child. And um, my understanding uh, is that the, uh, I guess the socialized system or whatever you want to call it, the government would pay for a certain percentage of your pay. Kind of like you do here when you go on maternity leave and the state of California will pay 60% of your pay. Um, but they'll pay for an entire year over there. And then, um, but then also on top of that, it's like the workday is much shorter and it's less demanding. And, you know, and once again, you go into the bigger cities and then it starts to be more like what's going on here. Um, but we were living in a pretty small town and. Um, in Croatia. In Croatia. You were on the water? 
we have a place on the water. We were, um, so we have one place that's on a river, which I guess is water, technically, right? <laughs> but then we, we just bought a second place, a uh, little tiny box, like really crappy building, 600 square feet, but it's like across the You're street. You're describing from the our apartment water. right now. <laughs> Can you just kick your microphone up a little bit? Just, oh, yeah, there you go. No, perfect. Um, yeah, I think we were, we were traveling a few years ago, and I think you sent me a link to the, to the place because I was looking at different places we could potentially stay at. And uh -huh. I don't know if that was the same. I mean, I don't even, this was probably a couple of years ago, but is that just a, like, a, that's just a Airbnb place that you keep? Yeah. So um, when we decided to move out there, um, my husband had invested into a property that was, it was an old villa. It was completely falling apart. It was totally run down. It was like a horror movie. The first time I went there, I was like, what is this place? It was just like water damage everywhere. There was mold. There was just like, it was like scary. There was like a kid's high chair and like an old doll on the floor. <laughs> and like, it was just weird, really weird. And I was like, I don't know about this, but, um, we, we were looking to do something different. And so we said, well, we can't renovate a house unless we're there. It just won't work. So let's commit to moving there for a year. And then after a year, we will, you know, kind of regroup and see what happens. And that turned into five years. Wow. And buying a second property to redo also. Um, so, so you recommend Croatia as a destination to visit? Oh, it's amazing. Or they probably wouldn't let us in right now, though. <laughs> Actually, no, they will. Oh, they will? Good. Yes. So um, even though the EU has banned entry to Americans, uh, Croatia is part of the EU. However, they just joined in 2013, I want to say, or 2014. Um, but they're not part of the Schengen zone currently. Right, Schengen, yeah. yeah. So because of that, um, they're allowed to do whatever the heck they want because they have uh, closed borders anyway it's not like you know if you drive through the rest of europe it's like driving from california to nevada you're just going across the state lines but in croatia you still have to go through that border control and so there they actually said um as long as you have a proof that you had a recent covid test i don't know what recent exactly means um then they'll let you into the country so hey, good to know, Tasha. We, we might be yeah, uh, there. We go. We're looking yeah, for places to visit. That'll, we're looking for places that'll take us. We're like, hey, anywhere we're <laughs> showing the American flag to like get out of here, you know. <laughs> but so here's here's an issue that I see happening in the U.S. We're so quick to defend whatever team we're on politically that we're not putting our best interest out there. Like, wouldn't everybody want to have their wife have a year off to raise a child? Wouldn't everybody want these issues? And we just, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away uh, this week. We or last week we t we just watched her documentary about uh, all these, um, all the the progression of women's rights that have happened just in her lifetime. I mean, it's it's mind blowing. But what's keeping the U.S. from doing the basic things like uh, extending? You know, what 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 are they even obligated to do? A couple weeks right now. Like what's the the United States in general doesn't have anything, right? They don't have any guaranteed maternity or paternity leave. Uh, California does have its own thing. But, um, but where's that American pride? To, to, you know, we have we have certain prides that they that, that we sell ourselves about, like the American dream, buy your home, certain things. Where's the pride? Like, do you like where where do you see that being when it comes to not having the pride to like take care of uh, uh you know of our our new moms or you know things like that. You know, it's interesting because uh, on the one hand, um, I kind of am for less government uh, interaction into setting different things. But 
On the other hand, like there are important things like I'm lucky enough to get four months maternity leave from work paid for. And, you know, there are people who are working in other jobs that don't have that. And so they're either going completely without a salary or they're going back to work like after a few weeks. Um, I know my mom, when she had me and my sisters, she went back to work after six weeks, which at that time was like a really long time. Yeah, right. (laughs) And which is crazy to me because... Um, going back to work after four months was like really insane to me. I was like, this is a tiny little baby who needs me and I'm just going to like leave them with someone else all day. No. And so I actually ended up uh, extending my leave and I took a while. I took about two months unpaid. Um, and then, uh, I was able to go back to work, working from home, Um, so that was a little bit easier because then at least I didn't have to factor in the commute and I could have, um, I could be there while someone else was coming and all of that. So it made it a little bit easier, but I think that, you know, I had a very good scenario, um, compared to what a lot of people in this country have. And so, you know, it's really difficult to, to say, um, what's better and what's worse, but I definitely think that having um, a longer maternity leave and some sort of implemented policy nationally, not just state by state, would definitely be beneficial. You know, we've got this this kind of um, corporate move to a lot of freelance work. Like a lot of companies are figuring out how to be freelance. Like you can you could see in the coming years that any job, I mean, a lot of copywriters are freelance. Especially in tech. I mean, if you think about just like Uber and Lyft, everybody's an independent contractor, you know? I'm yeah. a model. I'm an independent contractor. I don't have any employee benefits. Like, and not to mention, even if you got four months paid leave, then then what? They're probably just gonna re- they would have you don't you don't there's no job security. So there's a lot of economic issues when it comes to planning to have a family that you have to look at. And you know, of course, if the economy takes takes a dip, then then childbirth takes a dip. It's it's so intertwined. Like for the most part, yeah, sure, there's unexpected pregnancies, but for the most part, like most people want to plan when things are right to take care of themselves. And I'm, I'm the same way when it comes to like not wanting, you know, your taxes to be crazy high or too much government control, but it just seems like there could be auditing and readjusting that takes care of like, like new or expecting moms versus like extra bombs. You know what I mean? Like it, it sounds, maybe I'm making, maybe I'm very naive in making it very, um, very basic, but it seems like so much money can be spent on certain things. And then we're fighting over like such arbitrary human rights things that we'd like to have happen, you know? I don't think you're making, I mean, well, yes, obviously it's an oversimplification, but like Europe's just fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're doing just fine and they have a great maternity leave policies in all these different countries, men and women getting a year maternity and paternity leave. Women in Germany were getting up to like three years on this one part of, I don't know, this place where I stayed. The person that I was staying with was saying that they had like a low birth rate at this one time. So the government in this neighborhood. So it was like, you know, I'm sure it was like an extra incentive beyond just like Germany itself, but maybe the state or this locality or whatever. And um, yeah, he was saying, oh yeah, three years paid maternity leave. I was like, what am I doing over there? Now the reason, the reason. And healthcare. We're here talking to you and it's so glad. I'm so, it's so nice to to reconnect is because I, I injured my knuckle and posted on Facebook about how bullshit the process was to get stitches. Now you had commented, I don't exactly know how the thread went that, you know, there, there's a big issue with healthcare, right? There's a big issue Absolutely. of over and and I didn't, I, 
I'm I'm 35. I didn't even know I didn't even know that emergency rooms charge more than like urgent care places. So after I cut so my naive, I'm so naive. <laughs> I haven't been to the listen, I haven't been to the doctor. I got injured a couple of years ago and had to go to the ER for like a neck injury. I got in a car accident, but like that was all covered through the insurance claim and all that. I haven't. I don't. I don't have a primary care provider. I'm. It's too. It's too. Um, too much of a annoyance to me to even do it. So I can't imagine people that actually have conditions that are going untreated or this or that because the process is such bullshit. Now, so so we found. So we basically were like price checking different urgent care places before I got stitches because it was like the cut was bad, but I wasn't dying. So it was like let's call some places. I think one guy. I think they ended up doing it for like four hundred bucks. I got a tuberculosis shot or whatever it was tetanus shot (laughs) (laughs) and we figured it out but thanks tasha probably saved me a couple grand because they say you walk into an er and you're paying 1500 bucks for just saying hello you know you have a mint and you owe two grand so you had commented that you're working for a startup now you tell me about it because i don't know too much yeah um so uh i just want to say that all of my opinions are my own, <laughs> not <laughs> representative of the company that I work for, uh, which is Sidecar Health. But um, but yeah, so uh, this company is pretty new. Um, it was started two years ago uh, by two of my former um, colleagues, uh, well, my boss and um, another colleague. And so we actually were working in advertising technology together before. And um, we had this website called healthplans.com that uh, basically showed health insurance plans that you could choose from. And we had all these fancy widgets and gadgets that we created so that people could filter plans by certain aspects. They could find the plan that best fits their needs. And then at the end of the day, the realization was, no, it's not about the tools and the widgets and the fancy gadgets. It's that health plans just suck. So <laughs> we need a different solution. And you know, the ACA, the Affordable Care Act, uh, also known as Obamacare, was, I think, a great step forward in trying to actually address this problem because for so many decades, um, you know, people tried to put different solutions forward to address the issue. And I think that um, the ACA was a good thing. However, the prices are so expensive that if you don't qualify for a subsidy, so essentially if you're making more than, um, I think it's 46 or 48,000, depends state by state, but um, I wanna say generally speaking, it's between 45 and 50 grand. If you're making uh, that or higher, you're not qualifying for any health insurance subsidies. And then depending on which state you live in, um, you could be looking at a premium of an average of $500 a month, much more if you're older less if you're younger. And then of course there are different nuances or all these tier levels, but you could be paying $500 a month and have like a $3,000 deductible and have 20 or 30% co-insurance, which means that, you know, whatever the final bill is, which is like pulling teeth, trying to get a bill from the doctor's office because of these pre-negotiated insurance rates. And so you don't actually know what your portion of the bill is until you get it in the mail a couple of months later. And you're like, wait a minute, like now I owe $4,000 because that was 30% of the bill. Like, it feels like the mafia. Yeah. Every time I go to the gynecologist, they want me to pee in a cup. 
I, I've started declining peeing in the cup because it costs me $75 every time. I get a bill exactly two, two three months later. It's like, oh, $75 for my pee. <laughs> By the way, Liz, we have waters and a blanket if you need a blanket because it goes from really hot to really cold. So just, I should probably put my sweater on. No, you're, I mean, I'm just, just letting you know just so it's here if you need it. And also, we haven't even Thank opened you. up your dip. So, Tasha, oh, open up your dip while we, while we do this here. I know. We're, <laughs> for those to, on just listening and not it's watching. It's hard to eat. I didn't think this through. No, I, I mean, snacks. I appreciate it. <laughs> we're just, you know, we're not trying to get crucified over here. We're socially distanced. So the dip is three feet in the center of uh, Tasha and Liz here. But so it's so complicated. It feels, like I said, like something the mafia would pull off where it's like, what's the price? Forget about it. I'll tell you the price later. It's like, I want to know what it's going to cost me to get five stitches in my finger. I want to know what it's going to cost me to get, um, you know, my skin checked out. If I think I've got a, a, a throbbing mole, like simple things people have that we don't know. I, I know somebody, her name's Katie Lasky. She she goes all over the country giving speeches because she's a million dollars in debt. She's had a couple, she's our age. She has a, she's had a couple conditions that she can't get a loan, she can't get a cell phone, her credit's fried. Million dollars in wow. debt. And she goes around talking to different colleges about healthcare and it's, there's gotta be a better solution. So it sounds like your company's trying to tackle different ways to to deal with a an a la carte healthcare system that you know like you never would i would never take tasha to a restaurant where the prices weren't on the menu because <laughs> that means i'm about to get fucked <laughs> yeah, that's to get gonna fucked. be a big bill <laughs> no like that's it's actually funny you make that analogy because that's like um when we do our uh, our kind of like intro deck to um we work with brokers to um to sell our plans to their you know rolodex whatever you want to call them their clients and like the first slide of the deck is like this really unhappy looking family sitting at dinner and it's like imagine going to a restaurant and you get a menu it's really pared down because you know you can only have certain foods like as uh, in comparison to a network and then um, there's no price on the menu so you have no idea what anything costs and then you get a bill like way later that is you know ridiculously expensive and no one's telling you anything and so it's like this whole experience that is ridiculous and and At you're star and you're starving. Not just ridiculous. You it's like <laughs> it's 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 causing damage to people, right? Because if you have someone that's really really sick, they how are they going to navigate? Do they think they have the time and the mental energy to be sitting on the phone for six hours a day on hold with customer service that can't tell them anything? You know, it's yeah. like it, it's causing real harm to people. Absolutely. And even, um, you know, when it comes to networks, for example, if um, for people who are living in rural areas that, you know, maybe the closest doctor is an hour away. But, oh, they're not in the network, though. So you can't go there or you have to pay for the whole yeah. thing. Uh, your heart attack is unfortunate, <laughs> but you're, you're closest in network providers six and a half hours away. So yeah. so here's an example where Facebook worked. OK, because Facebook is it's just a real atrocity uh, it's a real atrocity i complain <laughs> about the fact that the prices are too high why 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 does one doctor do my stitches for 250 while the other doctor does it for 1800 and i start going on this rant then some then someone i don't know who it was goes on a rant well i work at a hospital and we have to bill you at this level because then if people don't have insurance come in they don't pay and blah 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 and then you chimed in being like well this is my startup and this is what we're working on and then the cynical lady was like oh that sounds actually kind of nice <laughs> so explain <laughs> to us the the solution yeah, so um, I will say it's not perfect, but I think that it's a solution for a lot of people um, that is a great alternative to what a traditional plan would be. Um, but it basically is all about cash prices. So 
um, like yourself, you didn't realize how different cash prices are to different places. And it's astonishing to me how many people I actually talk to who don't even realize that they can go to the doctor and just pay them cash. They don't have to go through insurance. Absolutely. I've been doing this for a long time because my insurance is not widely accepted. And so like when I go to the gynecologist, I just pay 250 a visit. It's like, it's just cheaper. I mean, I don't know what they try and bill the insurance company, but I'm sure it's a lot more than that. They act like they're doing me a huge favor letting me pay cash. But like, it is something you can do if you're avoiding an emergency. Just pay cash. Oh, my insurance doesn't want to cover this pill. Okay, what's the cash price? Yeah. You know? And what's the cash price is typically like 40% cheaper than the pre-negotiated rates with insurance companies. Right. So you might have a copay of 30 bucks for a, a, a prescription of some sort. But if you ask the cash price, it might be 25 But yeah. if, like, if, if the cash price right. is cheaper... If the cash price, like this is the bottom price, say it's 40, let's say, uh, you know, you, something, you know, with insurance is a hundred bucks. So the cash price is 40. Why wouldn't universal healthcare mean everybody pays a lower price? Wouldn't that, wouldn't like it, that's, I mean, that's what a lot of countries are doing, right? Saying, look, like, like when I posted my, uh, getting my stitches, um, get, getting stitches, I put, I made a YouTube video out of it, you know, cause I'm i I'm soulless. And I was like, ah, oh, maybe I'll make a buck online. I had people from like New Zealand writing in being like, you paid money to get your stitches done? That's not that's crazy. Like people were flabbergasted that it just wasn't built into this system of, you know, whatever. Doesn't the price go down when it's built in, when it collectively we're all paying into it? I mean, technically it should, but um, but because our healthcare system is a free market capitalistic system, you know, technically hospitals can charge whatever the heck they want or, you know, but then you also, you have programs like Medicare and Medicaid who will say, you know what, these are the rates that we're going to pay, take it or leave it, and they'll take it. But then they'll upcharge someone else if they feel like there's too much of a gap there. Um, but I think that it is kind of ridiculous. Like I know in uh, Croatia, for example, um, you know, healthcare is a lot less expensive, and it's down to even like, you know, what they'll charge you for a, a bag of saline and an IV might be ten cents there, and here they're charging two eight hundred dollars. I mean, it's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, are like dying of not getting insulin. People are dying, and like I, 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 I was doing a stand-up bit before it all was shut down because Tasha was paying like she, Tasha the uh, the price for a certain pill. We don't need to get into the specifics, but it was eight hundred dollars for a pill. For a I found, pill. I found this pill in wow. India or Switzerland. Where the hell did I buy it from? For like forty of them for like fifty bucks, and then shipping was like twenty bucks. And I was like, okay, fine. You know, it's like it's insane. We're supposed to be the forefront of like medical like the best medical in the well, world Well, the truth of the matter is is that we pay more than anybody else and we have worse outcomes yeah. and we're in worse health so you know it's not like we're paying more because we're getting fantastically better care no we're paying more and we're getting right. shafted so the so the per capita price is one of the highest in the world right what we pay like we only pay something like uh, like eleven thousand more per person which must be insane because I don't even well go to and the we doctor. absorb that like we're bearing that burden as individuals too I think that's what a lot of people don't understand is like we're paying just like you said ridiculous amount just for your monthly premium plus you have your um what's it called deductible and your copay mm -hmm. like people here are like oh my god higher taxes but actually let's say the average person is saying let's just call it 11 grand because that's what you said per year on their health care where mm -hmm. the tax increase that they would face is actually maybe only like six grand 
So it's like they're going to, you're still paying for your health care, right? Six right. grand more in taxes, but you're actually saving five grand because you were paying 11 grand by yourself for your inflated premium. It also forces people to work in jobs they might not work in because certain jobs provide health care. Yeah, you know? I think that's a huge thing. I think that there are probably a lot of people who are stuck in jobs they absolutely hate because they don't want to risk you know, losing that health insurance benefit. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of a, a crazy thing. Because um, it doesn't, that, that. that can't help the work environment. You know, like companies should entice you to work for them. You know, I talk about a free market. The free market should be companies luring you in with benefits to work there by like, not just, I'll, I'll take care of your health. It's almost like you're being held hostage by, by the chance that like uh, you'll be able to give birth and get four months of paid maternity leave. I mean, it, yeah. it's, it's just so, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it, uh, it, it's to me, it feels like uh, just a raw deal. And I don't even, um, I don't go to the doctor. I don't go to a gynecologist. I you know, you're looking for like different gynecologists. You're looking for a doctor who takes Lyme seriously. You're like, no one has shopped around more than Tasha. So now, so so the idea with the company is you're going to get people to pay cash prices. So how does that how does that play out? Yeah. So um, it's essentially we're enabling people to pay cash prices by sending them a visa card after they enroll in a plan. So you go online, everything's online. You go online, you enroll in a plan. Um, and so when you enroll in a plan, you choose what amount of coverage you want for the year. So you can choose anywhere from $10,000 or up to $2 million. And, um, and some people will say, but what if I need more than $2 million? And it's like the chance of you needing more than $2 million is so low. <laughs> that well, not necessarily if the hospital is charging you $25 per band But this is cash price though. This is $2 million yes, cash this is price. cash price. And so our actuaries have like, you know, done all these statistical things where they found that you're, you're actually um, more likely to get struck by lightning than spend $2 million a year in, in um, health insurance costs. Or healthcare costs. Yeah, you're high maintenance at that point. But, you <laughs> yeah, or you have really, really shitty luck. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like a metal helmet you just wear around? You're getting hit by lightning. Uh, yeah, so 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 you distribute. Visas. So you choose uh, your level of coverage, and then you can choose to add prescription coverage or not. So if you want to save a little on your monthly premium, and you say I don't take any prescriptions, or maybe I my prescription's really cheap, you don't have to add the coverage. Um, and then uh, and then after that, um, we send you the visa card and then when you go to the doctor you can choose whichever doctor you want so we have an app um, and we're building up our database of doctors in the app um, little by little so basically every time anyone uses their sidecar health visa card at the doctor we automatically capture that amount that was charged for that particular type of visit and we put that in our database so other people around can see so-and-so paid so they this would this know doctor. oh a, a wellness visit at this doctor costs 65 bucks or exactly whatever. and so when you go to the doctor then you just say what's your cash price i'm going to pay for the visit right now and you just pay using your visa card and um and in the app and or on our website you can always look up what your benefit amount will be so we have fixed prices for 170,000 different procedures services and prescription drugs and so you can look up what a wellness visit would be covered how much would be covered in your zip code because it also can be slightly different based on where you live and 
you know, say for example, it's $150 that they'll pay, your plan will pay $150 toward your wellness visit. Now, if you go to see Dr. Smith, who's going to charge $175, then you're paying 25 bucks out of pocket, your insurance is paying 150 and that's it. Um, now, say you're going to, I don't know, Dr. Jackson down the other way, and he actually charges $100 for a wellness visit. Well, we're going to actually give you $50. So, hey, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really awesome because what insurance company is going to pay you for going to the doctor? And we have members who have made thousands of dollars by, you know, shopping around for a procedure they needed or for a medical service or a prescription drug. And you, um, your company has way too many ethics. This is way too, <laughs> like, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah. Now, can someone like Tasha scroll through the, I know it's not in California yet, right? Yeah, we're not in California yet, unfortunately. But could she go through the website just to peruse what the ch what the prices are, the pricing is? Absolutely, yeah. So we have a a uh, page on the site that's a preview coverage page. So it's app.sidecarhealth.com forward slash preview coverage, and there you can see um, all of the benefit amounts for your zip code and what that would be. So you can get an idea. And we also have. Um, calculated based on what cash prices are for certain types of visits in your area. Um, we have come up with a should cost price. And so even if you don't have our insurance plan, you can download the app for free and you can use it to see if what you're paying is actually fair in your area, because maybe you're going somewhere, but you're overpaying. And, you know, and like Tasha said, you don't want to call six different doctors and try to figure out what the best price is and, it's um, just like uh, it's just like going to the mechanic. You want to know what the price is going to be. You want to know they're going to take care of you, and you just want you just want to know you're not getting fucked. Exactly. So if the price to I just had to get a tooth pulled. If the fair price to get a tooth pulled is two seventy five, I'm gladly paying two seventy five. But like you just. You don't know well, these it's, things because they don't tell you. It's murky because it's just been such like a corrupt and sort of convoluted industry for a long time. Like everything's, you know, operating in the shadows. You can't get an itemized receipt. Like, you yeah. know, pe people are, uh, I think, jaded and rightfully so. But it's kind of like, you know, Postmates. I never worked for Postmates, but I went to the hiring of people who worked there. And I was like, this is too stressful. I'm not waiting in line <laughs> at a Chipotle for anybody. I don't need to know I missed the dip they want or whatever. But 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 Postmates would give a Visa card to the drivers and then you just go in and it's all right, we don't start, you just start charging shit. So it's kind of like the technology is there and it's all about purchasing power. So like if you do have cash, you can do any, like if you have a hundred grand and you need to get a renovation done on your place, a contractor wants that cash. They want cash. It's like, it's just there. It's, it's the bet. It's the, it's gold. Right. So it makes sense that this is kind of like a workaround to a system that's just shitty. Yeah. I mean, it literally just simplifies it. And one of the, um, I guess the best flattering pieces of feedback that I've received from some of the brokers that we work with who are, you know, giving this as an option to their uh, clients is that they're like, it's too simple. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like people don't get it because it's too simple. It's like, you go to the doctor, you pay them for the service and that's it. <laughs> so what about um, like emergency coverage? That's a great question. So, um, so what we usually recommend our members to do is when you go to the emergency room, um, ask them to bill you because um, a lot of the times the bill that you get in the ER is jacked up. It's much more expensive than what the fair market price is. And you can always negotiate it down 
But if you're paying right then and there, there's no negotiation after the fact if you've already oh, yeah. paid. Yeah, oh, totally. that's right. So what we advise is go in, tell them you have insurance, ask them to bill you. And then we actually have a negotiator on staff um, who will call on your behalf and help you get the price to something that's considered fair market value. So, um, you know, of course... If your surgery is going to cost $100,000 and that's just what it is, then that's what it is. But if they're trying to charge you 400000 then like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Yeah. So, and a lot of people don't even realize that you can do that as well. Like you can negotiate with Oh, um, absolutely. With All right, let's talk about negotiating. So I was in a car accident. I don't know what. Let's let's say I let's say it cost me fifty grand in medical bills. It was whatever. My lawyer my lawyer took care of all of it, but uh, let's say she got it down to twenty grand. I mean, it really opened my eyes to 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 be like the the average person doesn't negotiate that. They don't know that it is negotiable yet. There yet- are groups online that'll help walk you through it. That'll step by step tell you this is what you need to do. Call them, ask for an itemized receipt. Immediately, your bill is going to shrink by twenty to twenty five percent because they're going to realize that if they send you an itemized bill that shows each band aid is twenty five dollars and a bag of saline <laughs> is four hundred, yeah. that you're going to throw a freaking fit. But this is what the military contractors were doing. The defense contractors, like you know, like it, people were being you know they, they were starting to audit them and go you're telling me this bolt this bolt right here is 280 dollars and you bought forty thousand of them you fucking kidding me like the, like this needs to be so transparent so people can see the bullshit and realize like look you want doctors to make a certain amount of money so that we can attract good health care you want the system to be good but bullshit's bullshit and when it's when the middleman like insurance or certain people are making all this money if it's not something that's needed in today's world of automation and all this stuff, like we should, it's, it's, it's almost like the medical world is decades behind technology. Like, like your company seems to actually be innovative and have the ability to like, be like, all right, well, if cash price is the cheapest way, let's find a way to make this cash priced. Is there going to be any fallout? Like, is there a reason why you're not in California yet? Are, are um, states not, 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 not wanting to play ball this way? Yeah, it's actually, it's a difficult thing. Um, so we we started in Texas. That was our first state. And we kind of branched out. We're in um, Alabama, Arkansas, Texas, Tennessee, uh, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Oklahoma, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hey, nice. I think I Tasha's Kentu- Tasha's Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky. Woo, yeah, you can get yeah. your insurance in Kentucky. It'd be cheaper to you to fly back, visit your family, go to your sister's wedding, and then catch your uh, pee in a cup. <laughs> what a week. Tell your friends. <laughs> um, so it sounds like more more red states are the more are the reds. Is it a political thing? Are the red states more willing to work with this? Yes, it is. It's it's very much a political thing because um, we're not we're not an ACA plan in that you know we don't have unlimited benefits. We don't have like these certain nuances that traditional ACA plans have. Um, We don't have minimal essential coverage. Like you can't get a free wellness visit once a year like these uh, typical ACA plans do. It's just going to be, you know, if you want to go to the doctor, then we're going to pay this amount and that's it. You go to the doctor and if you see a doctor who charges less, then we're going to credit you the amount. And if you are credit you the difference, and if you see a doctor that charges more then you're going to be responsible for that difference, but at least you know what that difference is 
before you even go see the doctor because you've already known you found out from them what the cash price is and we tell you exactly what the plan pays so do the math and there you go and there's no such thing as a free lunch like that's the basic economic principle so like people that are getting their free yearly visit there's, there's nothing free you're paying for it in one way or right. another you're, you're paying your, your, your premiums your or... company just seems to be very a la carte with like you pay for what you need and and don't worry about what you don't need. Exactly. And so we're we're really making a product that's a lot more flexible so you can pick and choose what you do need and the amount of coverage that you need or the amount of coverage that you can actually afford because um, with other plans, it's very black and white. Either you can afford it or you can't and there's no in between. There's no, you know, well, maybe I can cut out this coverage or blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it's like either you're paying this or you're not. <laughs> and so, and that's difficult. And, and so while I can certainly understand um, in a lot of blue states like California, you know, their concerns about a product like ours where um, it's mostly about education. So we're trying to get approved in California and hopefully we will at some point soon. But, um, you know, the pandemic just kind of pushed everything back administratively, unfortunately. Um, but the biggest concern is that they want to protect the consumer and so that they fully understand what they're buying into. And we fully support that too. I mean, um, I spent countless and countless numbers of hours building educational videos that are on the website and FAQs. And we have an amazing member care team who, you know, will answer any questions. Like we're very black and white with any questions that someone might have. Um, and it's more, you know, just making sure that people understand that, hey, if you didn't opt into prescription drug coverage, you're not getting it, <laughs> you know? Or if you decided to only get a plan that has a $10,000 a year maximum coverage limit and you just got into an accident and you need a surgery that costs $100,000, well, the plan's only covering $10,000 of that and you're on the hook for 90. And so, they're trying to protect people from getting into those situations, um, which I can sympathize with, but at the same time, um, you know, leave it up to people to figure out what they need um, because I think that having some sort of coverage is better than having no coverage at all. And Absolutely. that's really who our product is for. Um, it's for people who, you know, are gonna completely forego insurance and not have any sort of coverage because they can't afford an ACA plan. And so, you know, what about them? <laughs> so we're kind of forgetting this group of people while trying to keep everyone's well-being in mind. Now, it's it's funny that you mention how, like, California and some states, they want to make sure that people know what they're getting themselves into. The reason I found out the day I, I needed to get stitches when I put a piece of glass through my hand. The reason I found out I didn't have insurance, it, I had to look it up. They send me so much shit in the mail, I don't read any of it. it. It's so, there's so much like, I don't know if it's red tape, but so much archaic mail I, I get all the time that I didn't even know my thing had had lapsed. You know what I mean? And and it and it sh just it's just like the tax code here. There's countries where the tax code's like on a one. You, you feel like you're taxed on like a one piece of paper. It's like they've made it so complicated that there's industries of tax consultants and there's industries of medical consultants and negotiators and things like that. That like what? Why can't it just be a standardized thing that's going on? And the re and I've talked to a bunch of. Facebook friends that are on different sides politically, which I could care less politically. I don't care. You know, I, I don't care if you're Hitler. If you've got a, a healthcare plan that works, I'll listen. Maybe that was a stretch. But, you know, like there's it doesn't matter to me, you know, whose side you're on. I, I've got a friend, Anthony. Shout out to Anthony. He's um, he's uh, 
uh, goes from the or- from Orange County to Minnesota and uh, both red red areas. And he and he said and his thought was, and I wanted to bring this question to you, is that if if we go to like a standardized healthcare plan where prices are all the same, doctors won't make as much money and they'll leave the U.S. They'll go work in Dubai where they can make more money and this and that. And then secondly, it seems like hospitals, especially like maybe California and Los Angeles, they make more money off elective surgery. So during this pandemic, it's exposing how how the how messed up the system is that hospitals aren't even set up to make to 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 float with just basic like human need issues. Yeah, um, that's a really good point. And I don't, I would be shocked if the U.S. suddenly had like a shortage of doctors because, you know, they were all leaving somewhere else because the entire rest of the world has socialized medicine (laughs) to some degree. Um, And so, you know, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, some doctors definitely get paid a lot more here um, than, you know, if they're cosmetic surgeons, for example, like make a ton of money. That's like a notorious thing, <laughs> but that's going to be anywhere. Um, yeah, non-essential medical procedures. It's like name your price. But if you're, if you're born and you're diabetic, uh, you know, uh, you should just, I mean, it's not always like you're like, yeah, yeah. You want a new nose, go get a new nose. Sure. But like, if, if you just have an issue that you didn't ask for, it could have been any of us. We're, we're all, we're very lucky. We're able-bodied for the most part. Right. You know, like, yeah, you got bit by a tick. You're dealing with Lyme. It sucks. It's, it's, it's all, you know, you don't have, they don't take it seriously. They don't even, I mean, you could get, you could go in all in on like how Lyme is, you know, is something that they're not even like, is there a Lyme protocol with your, with your um, company? Do you know, like where they take That's that? A great question. Um, I mean, I think that if there's like a, I think you would look up a certain type of visit for Lyme. I mean, that's something that we definitely would cover. Um, because Tasha, now w- tell me what's the deal with the CDC not not registering it as an infectious disease? Is that it's what it is? Very complicated, and I am not an expert about this. I don't know. Um, I don't have the extra headspace for it, but um, I think in general, the CDC has classified Lyme as a disease and not an infection. So because it's classified as a disease, they don't consider it treatable with antibiotics. Mm -hmm. But the more recent science says that long-term antibiotic treatment is very beneficial for Lyme. So it's about getting your medicines paid for by your insurance pretty much. I don't, I mean, I don't know. Uh, if people run into problems, um, like billing their visits through their insurance, I don't know if that's a thing, but I think, uh, that a lot of times if you're on a, an antibiotic long-term, your insurance is going to flag this and be like, Hey, why are you still taking this? What's going on? And they're going to boot you off. Tasha found a doctor in Washington, D.C. that treats her. That's the extent she had to go to find a competent person in the Lyme community. Uh, it's a lot of wow. underground things where doctors are worried about uh, cert- like, lo- like lo- losing their their practice right because yeah it's not because upon if you what to do. run into problems with an insurance company then uh, what's happening like you, this doctor will say uh you're gonna have to take this antibiotic for six months to a year you know on this particular schedule well the insurance company is flagging it because why are you on this uh antibiotic long term sure. and 
if the insurance company gets pissed off enough that this doctor is ordering um, care that's not what they have like in written down in their plan of what's expected, mm-hmm. then they'll report these doctors to the medical boards. Wow. So like it's, yeah, I mean, it's all of the medical industry is just so screwed up in a million different ways. But yeah. Um, but at the very least, you should expect to know what you're paying when you just want to be a functional human you know so it seems like it seems like your company's just you know like like a lot of startups right you find you find something that's not working and you find a solution and it works so like i know we got to get out of here because this the sun's got way down and we, <laughs> we just hit an hour here but i uh if tasha before because i know afterwards tasha's gonna be like oh, i wish we asked her this um but how um like so what's the what's the plan aside from getting people to pay cash prices what's what what's like the future that you guys are uh, looking forward to um, I mean, we're trying to just expand. We're only, um, as I mentioned, we're only live in 11 states. We're trying to actively get approved in um, in different states so that we can make this available to more people because I think that so many people can benefit from having this type of coverage. Um, and it's, it's really crazy, too, um, if you even look up, uh, you know, in the prescription drug section of the app, you can look up, like, Lipitor, whatever your drug is, and it'll show you on a map like where you can get this drug within a certain mile radius, like and how much area, it costs, and how much it costs. Wow. Sort of like GoodRx, yes. which I have used for things that are not covered by insurance. And actually, I had to get a tetanus shot recently, separate from Dave's tetanus shot, and I shopped around just like that yeah. for a for a tetanus shot. Yeah, we actually have a partnership with WellRx, which is essentially a very similar product to GoodRx. And so um, so you can p- like pull up their coupons right from our app when you go to the pharmacy and show them, and then you're just paying that price using your Sidecar Health card. But I was so astonished because I didn't realize before that you can pay 100 bucks at CVS for the same drug that you can pay 15 for at Rite Aid or a mom and pop pharmacy or whatever it is. And the prices are so dramatically different. And that also is, you know, someone who's not a savvy shopper who doesn't have the ability because they're constrained to an insurance network, which our insurance also doesn't have any networks because you can go to any doctor who will just take self-pay patients. Even if they don't take credit cards, you can still use our insurance there. And we'll, yeah. we'll so any doctor, you. there's literally any doctor that's going to take money. Why wouldn't they? You yeah. could, could work in the states that you're now so like tasha couldn't join and then go to a state like like a could tasha if she's in texas be a member of sidecar and, and get it and get seen there um so it depends on the state where you're a permanent resident okay you have you to be a permanent resident anywhere in the u.s and you can even use it overseas so you have to be living in an approved state but then you can use your coverage anywhere in the country so your oh. sister your sister in kentucky could could do this but uh-huh and she travels, so she could use it in the states that she travels to if she was ever in and a situation. And how great that's a, that's actually probably the best selling tool for people that that aren't necessarily at their 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 permanent dwelling is to to know that you're in a, on a business trip in Seattle and you just need to go you know get something done or you have an emergency. That- I had to pay seventy bucks to get two day FedEx meds while we were on <laughs> our trip in Kentucky because I had forgot that my meds were running out oh, wow. until the day before, and so I was just I, I was thinking I would get them in Kentucky. But my insurance won't work in Kentucky. Oh, so geez. it was just like, 
Okay, well, I guess I'm getting FedEx from my pharmacy <laughs> in Los Angeles. The pills that and I need. And you didn't ask the price, and it turned out to be 70 bucks. Yeah, I should have asked how much two days. This is kind of like, yeah. I, I know we got to go, but this is kind of like an economics thing, like elastic demand versus inelastic demand. If you don't, if, if you really need something, you're fucked. You need it. You want, you know what I mean? They didn't ask you, like, do you want the three-day shipping or the seven-day? They were like, all right, we'll send it to you. And then you're like, Jesus Christ, I wasn't dying. I, You know, I, don't, I didn't need it that <laughs> I bad. would have just gone without for yeah. two and a half weeks. <laughs> um, my question is how, uh, like, prevalent is it overseas? Do you have a lot of partners overseas? Overseas, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, so we, we only sell to people who live in our proof states. Um, and we do have some members that, you know, are, um, like travel, like they're military or something, or they travel for work, they go overseas and so they can use it. So they have, but sorry, my question was, how is the coverage overseas? Oh, um, so it's exactly how it works here. So, um, so you would just have to get a quote wherever you are of how much it will It would be sort of like going to one of your out-of-network doctors getting the cash spray price. So we're always going to pay, um, it's based on your zip code, so we're always going to pay the same amount um, no matter where you are in the world. Mm -hmm. So you're going to pay $150 for that wellness visit, or we're going to pay $150 towards your wellness visit. But if you're in Spain, it might only be a $6 visit, so you're actually going to pocket $144. Exactly. $144. Go to dinner. Hey, we're hanging out. We're at the salsa that's club. That's actually, I mean, that's really interesting because I, uh, I, I chat in the expat community, people who are like travel bloggers, whatever, mm-hmm. who have retired abroad. And the number one question that people ask in that community is like, how do, what sort of coverage do you get? How, you know, how do you budget for this expense of getting coverage overseas? Yeah. That's a really interesting thing. And, um, you know, from my personal experience of living in Croatia um, as an expat, um, I was able to get on their healthcare system. And for reference, that was $80 a month <laughs> to have full health coverage. USA, folks. $80. Here we are. Living <laughs> wow. the land. Land of the free. And so were yeah. you because your husband's family like you were or was it your oh, visa no, it was, type that's or just the the cost for um for a non-croatian citizen we're just not outraged <laughs> we're just we're just not outraged enough collectively at the bullshit that we accept i think most people don't know though i think most people really just don't know how much more affordable health care coverage is elsewhere well, yeah, well now the they United do. States. Now they do. We've and got they, a big following in Texas, so hopefully we do. We do. We have a bunch of a uh, bunch of listeners uh, in Texas. And I'm they glad can, to hear that. Check out Sidecar Health. So, so where can they go? Where where can anyone go, even if you're not in one of the states, to check out the the different pricing plans and all that? Just yeah, you can go to our website at sidecarhealth.com. So S-I-D-E-C-A-R health.com. Great. Is there anything else we missed? I know we need to get out of here. We we don't need Liz freezing to death before uh, she's <laughs> going to give, give birth. I run really hot. <laughs> Pregnant. <laughs> That's good. You're probably comfortable out That's here. That's so yeah. funny. Well, good luck on the on the uh, baby number two. And you Thank guys, you. Uh, are you going to be in Los Angeles for a while now? Are you here yeah. full time? Yeah, we're here now. We're uh, we're supposed to be in Croatia right now, but we decided to cancel our trip because the whole pandemic. Um, so yeah, we're, uh, we're here for now and you live in close by. 
Yeah, we've been staying with my in-laws up the street. Nice. And, oh, we're uh, neighbors. We got to take you guys. We got to take you guys to Millie's. Bring the babies. Have you ever been to Millie's? No, on it's su- Millie's. Oh, come on. We just we just went. They they're opening back up. Social distancing. They're on Sunset. It's an amazing diner. They got vegan waffles and gluten-free shit. And but it, they I have to ask my husband. He grew up here. I'm oh, clueless. it's good. Yeah, it's right up the road. It's on Sunset. It's amazing. But um, yeah, I love. I uh, I wish you guys the best and come back anytime. We I'm sure there's questions we didn't get to, but we'll we'll save that for our Facebook timeline. But is there Anyway, do, do uh, you know we always have we always have comics on and different people that are trying to build a following. I don't know if 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 you care if anyone follows you on social media or is there anything else you want to promote? No, I am very poor at posting anything on social media. <laughs> so if anyone Good. follows me, you're not going to get very far. <laughs> would, would you hate me if I posted the photo of us from from uh, 15 years ago with a? <laughs> Go we'll, ahead. We'll, 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 retake <laughs> a, we'll retake a photo after this. We'll take a podcast photo after this, and then I'll post a throwback Unfortunately, photo. Unfortunately, that's when belly shirts were in. But yeah, yeah. Oh, my hair was. Hey, belly shirts are back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we're out of time, and thanks, thanks so much for stopping by or hanging out with us on the roof here. We appreciate you, you so much. It was Liz it was and really Tasha, fun. and I'm Dave. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.